Welcome to Inspect. My guest this week is a designer, developer, entrepreneur, speaker, and a teacher. He's the author of the Sublime Text Power User Guide, created a bunch of training courses, including React for Beginners, ES6 for Everyone, JavaScript 30, and most recently, Learn Node. He's the guy on Twitter that tweets screenshots of his beautiful text editor theme, and just an all-around <laughs> nice guy. It's my pleasure and my privilege to welcome to the show, Mr. Wes Boss. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for having me. No, no, super, thanks for being I'm here. super excited about it. Yeah, no problem. How's, uh, how's your day going so far? So far, so good. Just doing a little bit of email marketing this morning. I, and I also just set up some uh, some credits for DigitalOcean for some people that are taking one of my courses. So yeah, it's been I, a pretty pretty chill day. Good stuff. Yeah, I just uh, I literally just received your email like half hour ago about your uh, yeah yeah your promotion and your stickers uh, sticker venture. But I suppose we could talk about those <laughs> a little bit later on. Sure, uh, we'll get to that. Um, so I suppose a good place to start with, you know, it's just a little bit about you and you know the beginning. Um, how did you start and what your first experiences of web development are? Or maybe you want to start a little bit further than back than that, like where you're from and where you grew up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from uh, Hamilton, Burlington, Toronto um, area. It's it's uh, in Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been here all my life, just in a couple different cities. Uh, and I've been in web development for a long, long time. Um, I first got started probably when I was in... I don't know, fifth grade, sixth grade or so. Um, and then uh, I, I dabbled with it here and there, making a couple of websites. Uh, but I really got serious into it when I was uh, in high school. I was making uh, MySpace designs. I don't know if you remember MySpace. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. Uh, I, was, I was building MySpace designs. I was designing T-shirts, designing CDR, designing posters, uh, and sort of like all the all that stuff had to be cohesive. So a part of it was to build the MySpace and uh, that's where I really picked up CSS. Uh, and then from there, it's, it's, it's kind of history. It's just been, just been chugging away at it for, I don't know, 10, 12 years now. And uh, through that time, I've been able to, to get pretty good at it. I'm not still, I'm still not great, <laughs> but I'm getting pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Is this a MySpace page for your own music or for other people? No, that that was the thing about me is that like I always joke with my friends that I played the computer because all my friends could play instruments mm. and sing, but I was just garbage at all of it. I tried, but uh, the one thing I could do really well, which was design stuff and uh, slice up a MySpace page and make it look pretty sweet. Yeah, MySpace was actually a good place to learn, especially CSS, because it was full of hacks and you had to really work your way around. Yeah, it was it was my first time like really understanding what CSS actually did, Hmm. because uh, the way it worked is that MySpace would just like throw up this disgusting table markup. And there was like like eight classes on the entire body. Uh, And then you'd have to use nested selectors in order to get to the like the. TDTRTH row, and then you could style that and put a background image on it. So yeah. it was my, it was, it was kind of nice because, like, I don't know if you remember, like, the CSS Zen Garden, yeah, where you would, you would like get like this, like, HTML, and then you would write the CSS, and you were like, sort of had your hands tied in terms of uh, the, the markup. And, and that, what, that's what really drove home the, the markup can be static and what it looks like can totally change depending on what you do in your CSS. Absolutely, yeah. Um, MySpace was one of my first experiences with um, sort of front-end CSS as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I used to make music myself, so I had a, a personal page on there. But um, oh, okay. because I, uh, growing up, I was like 
enjoyed uh, studying art and design and graphic design, um, making it look different and better than everyone else was always my goal. Yeah. Really, and just just to try and see what, you know, push it to its limits, really. But yeah, you, like you said, you really had to drill down in nested selectors. And there was a there was quite a good community back then as well of people who had found hacks of how to add things to your MySpace page and where to add them yeah. in. Yeah. Um, so there was yeah, there was this, there was a one one like generator website which I wish I could have yeah. known how to build something like that because I think they were just making bank uh, yeah selling different themes and whatnot exactly yeah in the same way as like you you can buy WordPress themes now and back then you were <laughs> you were buying MySpace themes as well and yeah it's crazy yeah exactly yeah I'm glad it doesn't still exist though can can you imagine <laughs> if people were hacking away at their Twitter profiles or their Facebook profiles I, I remember being so pissed when you couldn't I remember putting like style tags into my Facebook bio because that was a big thing when Facebook first came around mm-hmm. and I was so pissed that you couldn't style your own Facebook page and I was like this is dumb how will they ever survive <laughs> and yet here they are yeah yeah they're doing alright yeah they're okay so did you did you study uh, anything related to web development? Yeah, kind of. Um, I went to school for what's called business technology management. So it's a it's a business degree. It's the same degree you get if you go for an, being an accountant or something like that. Um, but the focus of my degree was on the technology side of things. So like I never learned to code at all in school, but I did learn a lot about uh, how technology works and um, communication and, uh, interfacing with people and interacting with teams and sort of like the, I don't know, like more like the soft skills around building a business with technology and then more of like the planning side. So mm-hmm. diagrams and swim lanes and cost estimates and all that stuff. So it wasn't like, I don't look back at it and say like, Oh, I'm glad I learned how to build swim lanes and, and calculate server cost. Um, but I do look back at it and say, like, like I do have a bit of a, a well-rounded look at business and technology. And um, a lot of what they, they also taught us was like how to be personable with people. So like how to talk and uh, how to communicate technology to different stakeholders. So I, I think that was that was fairly useful. Yeah, um, I, bet it, I bet that's obviously coming to handy now that you're you're teaching as well. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, before we get onto the teaching side of things, was there a pivotal point where you you realized that this was the the path that you wanted to go down? When you realized that okay, it's, it's maybe a bit more than just a hobby and um, MySpace pages that you want to turn this into your career? Yeah, it was. Um, uh, so through university, I had different co ops. I worked for different companies. Like I worked for Exxon Mobil, which is a huge oil and gas company. I worked for small agencies. I did like video work and I did a lot of their web stuff. So like all through, I just did different, like sort of like technology stuff. I worked in like a stock trading floor and I would generate reports from their database. Um, And I just didn't really love any of it. And I hated quite a bit of it. So uh, it's still through there. I was still doing MySpace pages and, and, and whatnot. And I had been, it what's funny about the MySpace pages is that they started to die off and all these like punks started to grow up. Mm. And they would start to build actual businesses. So they would hire me to build like a website for their pool company or a website for their tattoo company. So um, that sort of transitioned. And by the time I got done four of the five co-ops that I had to do, I was just so sick of working for other people. And I was making more money at night 
just freelancing and doing like WordPress projects than I was at my actual co-op for eight hours a day. So uh, I convinced my my co-op coordinator to let me co-op for myself for my last co-op in school. And uh, they they agreed. And it was hilarious because I had to write my own uh, my own like review. I did great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it, from there, it, it was just like another year of school. And, and by the time I graduated school, I was just so done with school. I was just like full on in my business. I was running it. Uh, and, and at that point I was able to just like be done with school and have much more time to be able to, to devote to, uh, doing consulting and freelance work. And, and that's what you've been doing ever since. Yeah. It's, I've never had a, like a real job, just co-ops. They like, they pay, they paid money, but they were all just four months yeah. long. So, uh, I've never really, uh, I've worked on many of teams as a consultant, but I've never had a, a full-time job before. Okay. Wow. Um, so you, you also teach at uh, HackerU, that's right? Yeah, yeah. It's a coding uh, school here in Toronto. Is that similar to like General Assembly? Yeah, similar kind of idea where they have boot camps and, uh, and part-time classes. All right. And uh, how, how did you get into, into that? Is that something that they approached you with or did you approach them? Yeah, it's um, it actually way before like these coding schools are even a thing. Um, I was like trying my hand at blogging and I had written a bunch of WordPress blog posts on how to do custom stuff in WordPress. Um, and uh, at the same time, there's a couple um, a couple of people here in Toronto that were building this thing called Ladies Learning Code. Uh, and it was like sort of this not for profit startup where uh, they would they would hold Saturday workshops and, and teach people how to code. Um, and, uh, I was part of one of the first workshops that they ever did, which was WordPress. Um, and, and that's really where I found out that I liked teaching because, uh, I just had fun with it and I, I put all this content together and people seemed to, it seemed to really click with people the way I explained it. Um, and then from Ladies Learning Code, a couple of years later, they, uh, branched off and, and built HackerU, which was, a because people were like, great, like, this is really good now. Like, where do I go to to keep learning. I want to like really dig into this because I had a taste of it on the Saturday workshop, but now I want to, I want to really learn it. So that's what Hacker U was sort of born out of. And, um, I was their first, uh, not hire. I'm not like, I've always just been kind of a, a contractor for them, but, uh, I was there for, I built the first part-time web development program. I built the first, um, bootcamp that they did. I built the first JavaScript class first WordPress class. And, now it's now it's a fairly a fairly large company and they're they're doing some really great stuff with it. Right. So your co- your courses that you teach at Hacker U are they for beginners, uh, intermediates, um, or across the board? And and what, what's your main sort of topic that you focus on? Um, for for a couple of years it was intro to web dev, so it was like totally for beginners. Like it's not anyone can come in. Like you have to uh, pass a bit of a tech challenge to make sure that you're okay. tech technology technologically literate i guess <laughs> i can't even say the words but you uh you have to like make sure that you're like a good fit for this type of program um and then yeah it's an intro to web dev um and then generally what happens is that most people make their way through web dev uh and then there's a whole bunch of other different part-time classes the the other two that i've spent my time on was uh, javascript which i've taught for the last couple of years um, and WordPress as well, which I've taught for the last couple of years. So yeah, it's the people who make it into to WordPress and JavaScript are, um, are are pretty smart by that. They've gone through the intro to web dev or they've been working as developer for uh, a couple of years. 
Yeah. And have you kept uh, kept tabs with anyone who's taken one of your Hacker U courses and seen where they've where their career has led? Oh, and, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's it's a fairly strong community. It's, we talk to these people all, all the time. Lots of them are friends of mine. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy to see because I've been at it for five years now. And the people that have taken it like three, four, five years ago, uh, now they're intermediate senior developers. And uh, some of them are even teaching classes themselves just because like five years is a long time in, in web development. You can you can scale up pretty quickly if you put the time in. Yeah, and um, especially if you're taking the right type of courses. Um, yeah. Which obviously brings us nicely onto uh, what you're doing now, really. Um, you're obviously known for for releasing these uh, amazing courses in JavaScript and uh, and general web development tools and tips, um, free courses and paid ones as well. Yep. Um, I've taken a couple of your, your free courses. Uh, I've done the Mastering Markdown and I've um, looked at JavaScript 30. Uh, I think there was one other one. I think it was the Sublime text Flexbox value. Flexbox, maybe? Sublime? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, Flexbox as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen both of them. <laughs> um, I, oh, awesome. I watched one of them on YouTube. I think it was a Sublime one. You sh- one of them is shared on YouTube and the others are um, Oh yeah. Your, through your courses program. Um, but yeah, brilliant courses. Um, you know, yeah. just the fact that you've obviously sat down and spent the time to record these videos and all these screencasts and and actually come up with the content as well and then giving away a lot of it for free is just obviously amazing and uh, i'm sure you're helping a lot of people progress their careers i know i learned loads from the javascript 31 um yeah it's it's crazy to hear the people email me and say like i got a job or i got a promotion or i quit and because i did this and it's kind of weird for me to think of that but Mm, you're uh, changing people's lives that you're you're actually affecting people's lives just kind of yeah. Kind of funny, but great, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so what actually inspires each of those courses? Because they're all very different. You've got uh, you've got the JavaScript courses, but then obviously you've got Markdown and then you've got CSS ones in between. Um, yeah. Is there, are you just trying to cover a broad broad sense or are you um, it's, picking? It's just stuff that I do. Um, that's like, obviously, I want to make a course that people want and that will sell well and that are asking for. But uh really what it all is, is, is I'm just trying to get out of me everything that I know and how I build websites and apps. Um, so every course that I do is like, this is how I build a react app. This is how I'll build a, a node app. This is how I'd write my CSS. This is how I've writing JavaScript without using jQuery or whatever it is. So, mm. uh, it's, it's like kind of just like, how do I get out of me? Cause people are asking me all the time, like how do you build specific things? Um, and then the other thing is like I listen to a lot of people about like what they're having problems with or or what they're sort of looking to to learn next. And, and that will help influence uh, what the courses are. Yeah. And the, the JS31, the fact that you didn't use any JavaScript, um, any libraries, any jQuery in there. Yep. Um, I think a lot of people, including myself, when we think of vanilla JavaScript, we think quite small and we think of sort of basic DOM manipulations or, yep. uh, you know, maybe uh, get a little bit worried that everything's going to take too long or it's going to be quite difficult and obviously that's why jquery is there and just by the content of your course you can you can see that it's very powerful with very little code or admittedly it is es6 um so there are a few few newer techniques in there yeah um but it just shows the power of just vanilla javascript and how you don't need to rely on these uh these libraries yeah um so how did you how did you pick the the 30 projects that you did for the javascript 30 course uh, were, were they handpicked from a larger 
larger list or how did you come up with those ideas? It, it was a fairly big list. So essentially like the whole JavaScript 30, if people don't know what that is, it's, it's 30 things that you build in 30 days in just JavaScript. So it's not like a anti jQuery thing. It's a people are exhausted at all of the tooling. People are asking me like, how do I get better at just JavaScript? Uh, and, and my answer to that was always like, you just have to like put in a lot of work and you have to build lots and lots of things. And, uh, because that's how I learned. But if people don't necessarily know like what to build. So uh, that's that's sort of why I, I came up with um, the, the course in the first place. And and these aren't really like rough JavaScript projects. These are well-polished, well-designed mini projects. Yeah, they're fun. They they look good. They, they have a lot to them. So yeah. I, I always hate doing tutorials where you're just console logging foobar or you're using bootstrap or something like that because it just isn't fun. And if you're not invested in it, you're not going to actually finish it. Yeah. And it was nice that you provided the starter files as well, which had the HTML and the CSS written. So the people can just focus just on the JavaScript and they'll, they'll have a nice looking end result. Um, yeah. Yes. Some people don't like that, but <laughs> it, I would be here all day if I did it. Yeah. If they, of course they can go and then change the CSS and put their own spin on it, but at least out of the yeah. box, they've got a good, looking end product exactly most people do um anyways you were asking um how did i pick them um, yeah, essentially yeah. for like the last two years i've been before the two years before that i had have had this idea for for javascript 30 and uh i every time that i had an idea of something that i wanted to build or something that i wanted little proof of concept that i needed to teach to myself i would throw it in the list um, and then over two years, I would have a list of, I don't know, 50 or so of these projects that I wanted to build. And I would I would also build them as well over the years. Um, and then at a certain point, I just had this like this huge folder of ideas and half done projects. And I just combed through them and polished them all up. Um, and then I picked the 30 of them that actually made sense and that were doable in, in 10 to 30 minutes and that were exciting uh, and that like also taught you stuff because like the whole idea is like you're going to learn a specific thing like webcam access. Yep. But along the way, you're going to learn really like it, I'm like tricking you into learning the fundamental stuff that you don't necessarily want to spend time on, like uh, event listeners and uh, all like these like little things that come up. But you're not going to sit down and like read the documentation on because it's so boring. Um, but uh, if you put it into practice and actually build something real, then you're going to learn it along the way. Yeah. Um, no, excellent. And um, so w what are you planning to do with the ones that didn't make the cut? Uh, will there be like a part two of this, you reckon, sometime in the future? Um, I don't know. They're not very good. So th that's why they <laughs> didn't make the cut. Uh, they're either too big, too complex. Uh, they're not like, they're just like, I don't know. It was an idea I had, but I, I, I scrapped it because it wasn't a great idea. It wasn't fun. So uh, there might be a part two at some point just because there is a lot more ideas that I do have mm. um, and, and people are asking for it because they, they go through it and they're hungry for more, which is great for me when somebody actually finishes a course. That's how I know that it was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people got through that course very quickly as well. Um, definitely quicker than 30 days. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I binge watched all of them in I don't know, probably in about four days, I think. Um, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't work along. Uh in real time with all of the courses i kind of watched them and then went back and uh, played with the code um yep i just found it easier to sort of work through them that way 
But uh, yeah, although it could have taken 30 days, it was. Um, I, I know a lot of people condensed it down a lot quicker. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple of people that did it in one day, which is incredible. They I guess they spent like 18 hours. It's not 18 hours of video, but in order to watch the videos and then also implement it yourself, it takes a while. So yeah, uh, it's pretty incredible that people do it so quickly. I, I've seen like a few people have uh, created their own GitHub repositories now, where they've remixed your your 30 ideas and made their own versions of them and created their own yeah. version of JS30, which is cool as well, right? Yeah, I, I love that because like the whole the whole point of learning is that you get excited about what you're building. And like, I, I, I always have ideas and I always have like these like stupid things that I'm building because I have an idea and I, I take it and I run with it. But uh, it, people don't necessarily always have that. So the fact that sometimes when somebody builds something and they go, oh, I wonder if I can make it do X, Y, and Z. And then they sort of take it and, and remix it. I think that's super cool because that, that means that uh, they're excited about it. They're invested in, they're actually learning. Yeah, amazing. Um, so th- that 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 course came out. Was it the end of last year or beginning of this year? Oh, uh, yeah, end of last year. I think it was November or something like that. I should look back. Yeah, but more recently, uh, last week I think it was, or the week before, you've released your new course, which is uh, all about Node. It's called Learn Node. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about that course and what it involved and? Yeah, so um, it was it's my biggest course so far. It's uh, I think it's almost ten hours of actual video content, and ba- it basically what it is is it's I've been building applications like the server side of my applications in Node for I don't know five or six years now. Mm-hmm. I was very early adopter of Node, and I've learned a lot of about how to actually build apps along the way. Um, and, and people have been asking for how to how do I do that, and what is my own course platform built on, and they're fairly curious. Uh, in that. So I, I built this Node um, course, and what it does is it teaches you Node, Express, MongoDB, Passport, a couple other uh, major packages that are, are pretty popular in the Node community. Um, and we build this this application from uh, from start to finish. And it includes all of like the real-world stuff that you would run into, like user authentication and uh, error handling and messages and uh, user accounts and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really got much experience with Node, so that's probably going to be the next one on my list. Yeah, it's it's. I think a lot of people who who do my courses are more like on the front end of of things, so it's kind of nice for them to have an introduction to the server side. Um, that is, I don't know. I feel like it's it's fairly approachable. It's a big course, but it's it's nicely chunked into like major topics that are thirty minutes, twenty minutes long. Uh, and that that'll allow people to not be so overwhelmed with the like, because building a node app is huge. It's it's really hard. But if you can cut it down into these chunked things where it works along the way, then that's that's ideal. Okay. Um. So, w- what would you say to someone who hasn't really got much experience in JavaScript? How would they how would they get into uh, the language and maybe get onto these courses? Because um, they're not really beginner courses, are they? You do need to have some. No, that's. That's something that I'm I'm like major lacking right now, which is like people would be like, I'd love to take every single one of them, but you don't have like a JavaScript 101. So um, I, what I've heard from people and, and like I, I don't necessarily know what the best thing is right now, just because um, like I, it's been a long time since I've been a JavaScript beginner. But what I've been hearing from people is uh, free CoCamp JavaScript stuff is really, really good. 
Um, there's a book called Eloquent JavaScript, which is really, really good. Um, there, Kyle Simpson has a You Don't Know JS, which is it's a little bit more technical and a little bit more like this is what the spec says. And and people who do my stuff are more like, let's build an app or let's build a clicky thing or whatever. So um, it, it's just a, it's more of a different um, different learning type there. But that seems to be a really good one as well. Um, that was a couple others, but I'm, I'm keeping notes because eventually I'll make my own JavaScript introduction course. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a couple of the JavaScript courses on lynda.com. Um, there's one, oh, I yeah. think it's called JavaScript Essential Training. And um, it's really good, actually. It goes, obviously, as someone who already has some experience with JavaScript, it feels very basic because it talks about things mm-hmm. like variables and how to set a variable yeah. and how to, re- how to use one. Um, but for someone who's never done any sort of programming before, it's I think it's a brilliant course. So um, that yeah. that would be something worth checking out to get some uh, get some structure from and get some hints on how to sort of you know what the basics are again. And um, yeah, well, that's good to know because yeah, like if if people want to buy my courses and they can't, then I need to send them somewhere first, and then hopefully they'll come back. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so do you have any more courses planned? Uh, anything that's in the works? I've got no, nothing in the works yet. I've got notes on quite a bit of, of different ideas. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty much just like have my ears open right now and like I'm like listening for what people want. Mm. Um, and uh, the the predominant chant right now is, is it goes to a couple topics is some people want to learn CSS because um, I have a Flexbox course, but like I don't in my tutorials, whenever we build these like amazing looking things, we don't go through the CSS because we would the course would be forty hours long. Yeah. But uh, people want to know like how do you do it and what's your approach and all that. So um, I'm I'm thinking about what a CSS course would look like. Uh, I I do want to do a, a CSS thirty, which is similar to my JavaScript thirty. I have yeah. the domain name already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got a habit of buying um, domain names, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I've got a whole bunch, and I don't know. So there's some React stuff that I, a more advanced React stuff I'd like to teach. There's GraphQL starting to pick up steam, so I'd like to cover that as well. Um, I saw I saw a tweet by um, someone named Anthony Garand on Twitter where yeah he had, he had done some <laughs> detective work because you've got Flexbox. Sleuthing, uh, yeah, uh, what is Flexbox.io is your is the website for your Flexbox course? Yep, and um, he tweeted that. Oh, I'll read the tweet out actually. Uh, I read a post on CSS Grid and I thought that Wes Boss should make a video course like Flexbox.io. Did a who is on CSSGrid.io and he found out that you own it. So is that <laughs> something that you're planning? Have you got a CSS Grid course planned? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I haven't haven't started to work on it yet, but um, CSS Grid is, is just like rapidly coming around. It seems like in the last two months or so, everybody's been talking about it. So I've been doing my research over the last six months or so, um, and I'm going to build some sort of like something like Flexbox, where it's like it's the introduction, the the video introduction that uh, you send people to if, if you need to sort of skill up on CSS Grid. So yeah. it's it's hard. Flexbox and Grid are like it, it makes CSS actually pretty difficult to to do. Once you learn it, it's amazing and it's super flexible, but learning it is is a bit of a hump. So I want to create something that. Uh, will be super accessible and and also get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, I think what makes it both of them quite difficult is because a lot of new properties have been introduced all at the same time. Yep. Whereas uh, with you know the transition from CSS two to three, it wasn't that big. There was just a few sort of uh, uh, 
sort of nice nice niceties that were added things like border radius and uh some of the animation stuff yeah it was just like stuff we wish we could do and now you have to like relearn how entire layout systems work which is uh, a bit to wrap your head around yeah i've I've been following some of the stuff that uh rachel andrew and jen simmons have been putting out uh who are mm-hmm. obviously doing doing loads on this and um just looking at some of the posts that people have created on CodePen. And obviously there's amazing stuff that you can do with it, but just trying to remember all the syntax is something that doesn't hasn't stuck into my head yet. Yeah, I know it takes a while. So the first thing you do obviously is you end up at CSS Tricks um post on, you know, all the syntax. But a video would be great. It um, it probably took me a year to to stop going to CSS Tricks or Flexbox. Like the fact that I had to remember justify content and align items. Yeah. And and the flex grow, shrink and basis. Yeah, just remembering those, which one goes on the parent, which one goes on the child. Um, yeah. Is my 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 stumbling block all the time. And I always end up on Chris Coy's article on CSS. Yeah, tricks. that thing's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that'd be great. You know, a CSS grid course would be great. And it has, it was bubbling away in the background for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden, all the browsers started supporting it in March. And now it's just everyone's talking about it everyone's trying to learn it all at once so it's a it's a perfect time to yeah i i had a bet with um sarah drasner who's a developer she writes for css tricks as well uh-huh. uh we had a bet last september october at a conference and she was like it's going to be years before css grid and i said i said next year at this conference i guarantee that it will we we bet that it would be green all across um can i use and uh, she's gonna buy drinks, so I think that, think that I'm gonna win that bet. Well, it's 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 almost solid green. You've got a little bit of a faded green. I know, and and we have like four or five months net yet, so. Yeah, it's just Opera Mini is just kind of keeping the red tab everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, that 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 was part of our agreement. Is like except for Opera Mini, that that's a totally different, um, totally different thing. I imagine anyone really using that, <laughs> but uh, well, it's it's huge actually in like developing countries. Okay. It's like the most used browser ever. Yeah, it's like like I like say like a good part of the world actually uses it, but uh, like it's I don't know. You have to get into what Opera Mini does and how it caches the content and all that stuff. So it, it more strips away a lot of the website so that it can deliver uh, just the text and some basic layout uh, to the user. Okay. Hmm. So th- this uh, this conference where you were talking with Sarah, um, where where what conference was that? It's a CSS DevConf, which um, it was in San Antonio last year, and then this year we're both speaking at it again. It's in uh, New Orleans, uh, and actually I'm doing a, a React workshop there as well, which is going to be fun. So it's it's one of my favorite conferences every year. I, I've spoke at it a couple times now, and it's it's just a really good, really good community event. Yeah. Okay. So I was, um, like I mentioned before, before we started recording, um, that I was, uh, speaking with Helen Holmes. Uh, we, we talked a lot about speaking at conferences, um, and how she got into it and how she sort of prepares her talks. Is that something that you can share as well? Like how, how do you find, yeah. uh, the whole process of creating a talk for a conference and, and then actually giving that talk as well? Yeah. So my, um, my approach to conference talks is, I don't know, it's not, it's not the same as everybody. Um, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty laid back guy. I'm pretty um, off the cuff. So I don't, I don't spend, I spend a lot of time, but I know that there's like some people that spend like, 
I don't know, like for every every one minute speaking, they spend like three hours of of prepping and rehearsing and and all that stuff. So mine is more. I'll come up with a topic of, of something that I'm really interested in and really excited about, um, and then I will deliver a talk that's full of, I don't know, for, full. It will. It's more of like a tutorial where it'll explain what it is, how it works, what are the gotchas, um, and then I'll fill it with a lot of. Um, like, I don't know, like tips almost yeah. So like when you would actually use it, because that's kind of what I do on Twitter as well as I'll just tweet out tips all day long about how to actually use this stuff in, in real life. Uh, so my my hope is like it's not like a, a overarching uh, introduction to a technology. It's more of like a um, sort of like people will walk away with like seven or eight little things in their pocket where they're like, huh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's super handy. How did I not know that? And then they, they just like kind of go away with, with all these new things that they have learned rather than a, like, a, I don't know. There's, a, there's other talks out there that are, are really helpful as well that explain all the overarching topic or, or yeah. detail how they've overcome a problem. Um, mine is more like, little nuggets where everybody goes home happy with a couple things. Oh, that's good. It's, it's an easy way of uh, digesting the content, isn't it? When you learning in small yeah. chunks. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's because if you like, if you come in late or if you drift off or you get bored of a certain slide then chances are in, in, in a couple of minutes, I'll be on to a new topic and uh, you can be interested in it again. Um, have you ever given any conference talks in the UK or do you have any plans to? Yeah, um, I did. Last year I did um, Smashing Conf in um, Oxford and I did um, Industry Conf in Newcastle upon Tyne. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got a whole bunch of invites for all over the UK. It's 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 funny, like I get way more invites to uh, Europe and the UK than I do to the US and Canada. Yeah, I don't have any plans right now to come to the UK just because like I've I have two new kids, so... Um, I don't do a whole lot of traveling, um, but it, I do have some some coming up. I'm going to uh, Paris in a couple of months and South Africa and I think it's September or something like that. So hopefully I'll come back to the UK soon. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Um, obviously, I've been asking you a lot of questions and uh, this is the purpose of this talk. Um, but you get a lot of questions on Twitter, I noticed as well. Um, I've... I'm always asking you them as well. And uh, yep. this, this seems to be one that comes up quite a lot, which is about your, your text editor and the font that you use. And I know you've, uh, you've set up this nice Twitter bot, which answers the question for you called yeah. Wesbot. And um, you've got a GitHub page, uh, which is a AMA page, Ask Me Anything. Yep. Um, and you've also set up the the uses page of you know the tool that you use now the uses page in, my, in particular is one that I'd, is one of my favorite things that you've set up because yeah it's always it's always really nice to see what other people are using um you know what sort of equipment you're using to do your recording and yeah. what tools you use what plugins you use for your text editor and um i was inspired to do that as well and i've created a similar page as well on my own website and um one thing awesome. that was really nice was when we 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 had a little chat on Twitter with Harry Roberts from CSS Wizardry, and yep. where he's used the IDA as well. So he's also got a forward slash uses page as well. Um, yeah, I hope it becomes standard. Yeah, I thought it was a really good idea because mine was originally forward slash tools, 
because um, the title of the page was the tools I use. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I've now changed mine to uses as well because I just think it's a, it's a good, it's a good pattern that if people can adopt it, then you could pretty much go to any designer, developer, or techie person's website, and hopefully they will have a uses page there, and you can just exactly. get to know yeah. what they do. I lo- I love that. There was this like there was this website. I think it's still around. It was called Uses This. Okay. Let me see if it's still a thing. Yeah, and it was just interviews with like developers and uh, creatives in our industry, mm-hmm. um, and it just yeah, it's still going. And it it's just like, who are you? What do you use? And I th- I was just so interested in like what editor and what monitor. It's such silly stuff, but I just love love geeking out about that kind of stuff. So it's it's a fun thing to have. Yeah, I think it's just. Um it's one of those things where if someone else is using it and you respect what they're doing and what they're creating, it's almost like I I want to I want to use these tools as well and aspire to push out the sort of same quality as of content that they're doing and maybe the tools are yeah. a part of that. Um, yeah, I thought that was really really interesting. So you get a lot of questions, but is is there anything that you'd like to be asked more of? Um, you know that you wish people would ask you. Yeah, in the last podcast I was on. I said barbecue and now everybody's tweeting pictures of barbecue at me, which is amazing. Uh, I'm super into on, what was it on uh developer T? Yeah. That's where I stole this question from. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that that podcast got pretty popular, which is, which is really cool because everybody uh, like from around the world, they're all just like showing me pictures of what barbecue is in their culture. So that was, I don't know. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I really just, I, I like when people ask me questions because for as much as I talk, I also am listening all the time to like, what are the motivations behind their questions? Because that helps me really understand um, how, what courses to create, how to market things, how to talk to people. Um, because there's, there's a lot of like why behind when, when somebody asks you a question and uh, that's extremely helpful to me. So I'm, I'm really game for anything. It's, it's part of why, like, I make myself so accessible online. It's a bit overwhelming at some times because I've got like 40 Twitter DMs to work through right now. But uh, open DMs, open email, ask me anything. Uh, I'm pretty responsive on Twitter and that will help me uh, really just hammer in. I know that's not an answer to your question because I don't I don't care what people ask me, but uh, ask me ask me anything and, and I'm usually happy to chat about it. Yeah. Are you, are you getting a lot of questions about stickers at the moment? Mm-hmm. Do you want to put some context into that? Yeah, well, I'm I'm like web developers like stickers. It's funny you could like I could give I could give you as a developer like a hundred dollar bill, and you would be like thanks. But if I were to give you like like a dollar fifty worth of stickers, then you would just like lose your mind because that's the best thing ever, right? Yeah. So um, I've I've been printing stickers and giving them away at conferences and whatnot for a long time just because I think it's really fun. Um, and then recently I, uh, it's, it's really expensive. So I, um, I went through the whole process of, of sourcing them in, in China, um, and going through that whole process and getting them done quality at a, like a much smaller price than like a sticker mule would be. Um, and just people are just interested in what that process looks like because I don't know, it, it was very interesting to me to source them and figure out how to pay someone in China and, and what the process to getting them all done was. So I need to write up some sort of blog post now where it'll detail how to actually do this as well because yeah. a lot of people are are asking. You're gonna put Sticker Mule out of business because everybody's gonna be using your method now. 
Yeah. Well, it's 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 really hard. Like you have to like email and you have to go on Skype early in the morning while they're still awake. And yeah, like sticker mule is you drag and drop your image and it'll be at your doorstep in a couple like a week or something. Yeah. And and then this was this was like months of of research and work. And even now that I want to reorder, it'll probably be at least a month of production and shipping and whatnot. So it, it's not easy, but um, it it allowed me to like do some cool stuff like. Uh, I got them packed into bags with like a custom design top. Yeah. Um, and the the place in China where I got this done was is like Prince City. So like this is like one little city in China where they they have like all of the everything is printed, all the boxes and all the stickers and all the labels and all the tags for your clothing. So like I wanted like um, I wanted gold foil stickers and um, I'm, the guy didn't offer it. But I'm pretty sure he just like walked down the street and got them done at a, another place. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. And like all kinds of fun stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting to me to to learn how to source that stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I've got a friend who um, who does a lot of trading with uh, in China as well. Uh, he's based here. He he sells um, he sells a variety of things, mainly sort of electronics and um, electronic peripherals. Um, but he yeah, he sources products from China, and um, I've I've done some design work for him in the, in the past for his packaging and things like that. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he's told me some of the horror stories that he's had with trying to get just the communication um, barrier really. Uh, of, yeah. And, and the time difference is is a big factor as well. But it, uh, yeah, it was it was hard. But yeah, it's one of those places where you know you you ask one person and they will just put you in touch with the right person as well. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like the city, they have these little mini villages where everyone does the same sort of thing, but you know, with a slight different twist on it. Yep. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I actually got some stickers made for the podcast as well. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I did tweet a picture. Out, um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Sticker Mule had a promotion on uh, recently uh, through Dribble. They had one of their playoffs, Dribble playoffs. So I responded to that. Well, I rebound their, their Dribble shot and... Um, got 50 of these stickers for free so i thought i'd get some branded for the for the podcast and then yeah i'll i don't know i'll send them out at some point to some people i don't know that's amazing to yet um oh yeah i'll stick some in the post and i'll I'll send some to you you can (laughs) oh that'd be cool thanks a lot yeah you can put one on your laptop i've got some space left um yeah i've got a little bit of space left as well um but it's funny because i stick these stickers on my laptop but i try and be really perfect with them get them all lined up and then i peel them back off and i don't like the layout oh no you can't that's no way to live i know i know i see other people where they've just got them all layered on top of each other and but i don't know i'm a bit of a perfectionist yeah. when it comes to sticking the, them on. the way that i've i've seen it best because you can't like make a grid because as mm. soon as you fill up that grid then you can't fit in but the best way I've seen it, I'm going to do my next one, is you start from like the bottom left-hand corner mm. and you, you just start to, to grow it layered up from there. So you make sure that they're all overlapping and then eventually, like a couple, after a couple of years, all the stickers will uh, grow up to the top right-hand corner. Yeah, I've, I've kind of done that. I have started in the bottom right corner and um, when you're looking down on it, but I have done them quite yeah. neat in a grid, but I have started in the corner, so oh, it's yeah. filled up from one side. Uh, mainly on one side but yeah i need to uh need to work on that <laughs> that <laughs> should think... be a website is like what is your sticker strategy yeah and uh talking how because i i have a razor blade and when i put them on the edges i just cut them and then it looks pretty cool to okay to be yeah. like overlapping the edges that's a good idea well now that you've set up this uh stickers 
website that you where you're selling, maybe you should get people to tweet in pictures of or send you pictures of their yeah. of your stickers on their machines, and you can maybe make some sort of gallery. That's the plan. I threw them in the the post box this morning. So yeah, a mailbox. Here I here I am being super British. The post post box. <laughs> put them put it in the mailbox this morning. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, so while we're while we're on the topic of questions, uh, that's that's all of my main questions. Um, just wanted to see if there's anything that you wanted to ask ask me maybe. Yeah. Um. I don't know. What What's your What's your hopes and dreams for this podcast? How do you want to? Do you have any uh, any tricks that you're going to use to explode it? Um. Get Get some good guests on, like yourself, and uh, hopefully that will attract the masses. Uh, but really, it's just um the reason I actually started the podcast was um just to sort of improve my ability to speak about a topic at length. Yeah, um, because I do hope to one day uh, try and speak at a conference of some sort as well. Um, I've spoken. Oh, yeah, I have tried speaking at small meetups, like local meetups, um, just mm-hmm. in front of like small crowds of about twenty people, and it's been, it's been okay. But uh, I'd like to get in front of a bigger crowd and sort of get in, get into the deep end. Uh, but this, yeah, I set up this podcast as a way of. Um, just preparing for something bigger like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm also really enjoying it, and I'm enjoying talking to new people and um, talking about design, development, tech, which is what I, you know, I love talking about it with work colleagues, so why not talk about it with non-work colleagues as well and just the wider audience? Yeah. Um, it would be great if I had some, you know, if people would send some more questions in. Um, it's early days yet. I haven't really got to know who my listeners are and how many listeners I've got. Um I did recently, just last week, pass two hundred downloads, which was which is a pretty good milestone, oh, right I on. suppose. For I was I wasn't expecting it to reach that so soon, um, so I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, um, I know it's still small numbers compared to some of the other tech podcasts out there, but for me, it's it's a it's a really good start, and I'm hoping that it'll just yeah, no grow kidding, and grow Congrats. and um, see where it goes. Really, and hopefully, it'll just help me sort of raise my general profile in the industry as well. Um, that's the idea. Yeah. And if I can just provide some value for people, then it's all be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's it, even for me, like I, I've, I've wanted to start a podcast forever, but it's so much work. But if I can just flip on my microphone and have you ask me questions and we can talk about some cool stuff, then it's, it's a lot easier for me. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, there is obviously the post-production bit. There's uh, there's the editing and then there's the, the hosting and setting up iTunes, which was not the easiest thing in the world, uh, getting your RSS feed correct. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's what it's what people like me and you do anyway. We're, we're used to building websites and working on these sorts of yeah. uh, geeky projects. So it's just it doesn't feel like work. It's just another little hobby on the side. And uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. As soon as it starts feeling like work, then maybe I'll I'll change the strategy or or take a break from it. But at the moment, I'm really enjoying it. Um, so just just learning at the moment, still learning. I know there's a few tricks that involved with podcasting. Um, you know, a, a good ways to sort of attract sponsorship or attract guests and how to do market marketing is a little bit different for podcasters. Or um, so I'm still yeah. learning stuff like that. But do you um, see what um. Noah Kagan did for his new podcast. I don't know if you know who that is. He's no, I'm not um, aware. one of the guys behind all the sumo me stuff. Um, he, he offered people, a, he said he'll mail them a dollar if they subscribe to his podcast, which is genius because if you have 10,000 people listening to your podcast, that yeah. means you spent $10,000 to get them. 
mm. uh, you can you could earn that back in in ads in a couple of months. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> pretty neat way of of doing uh, lead gen as long as they stay subscribed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so that's one strategy to think about. I need to think of a few strategies. Um, but I don't want to treat it too much like a business venture. Um, you know, I'm not yeah. in this to, to make money or to gain any sort of fame. I just want to... I'd, the main reason I'd like the subscriber list to increase is so that I get some sort of two-way engagement and get a slightly bigger following on Twitter so that people can give me their feedback. And that's the main reason, really. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. yeah, that's that's uh, hopefully that's answered your question. <laughs> yeah. So okay. No, it's been really good, really good speaking with you, and uh, thanks for thanks for coming on as a guest. Oh, um, absolutely. Before we before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to plug? Anything that you've got coming up, or just where people can find out more about you on the web? Yeah. Um. So I'm West Boss everywhere. W E S B O S. West Boss on Twitter is where I spend most of my days. Um, you can take a look at my courses, which is at westboss.com forward slash courses. Um, and I have got a coupon code for you, inspect, I-N-S-P-E-C-T. That'll give you 10 bucks, box, 10 <laughs> bucks off any, any of my courses. So, uh, if you're interested in checking them out, you can do that bit again if you want. <laughs> no, I leave the box in. I like it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, all right. That's brilliant. So yeah, no, thanks for doing that. So yeah, so check out one of Westboss's courses and uh, use the use the discount code inspect and you'll get ten dollars off. Ten dollars, right? Perfect. Ten dollars, yeah. That ten dollars US. I know how many pounds is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Here, I'm gonna convert it right now. It's probably not it, far. That off. is seven point seven three British pounds. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks <laughs> for that. And. Um, yeah, hopefully uh, everyone will jump on that and uh, you'll get some money from it and everyone will learn some amazing things. Is that um, is that available across all the courses? Yep, that'll that'll work on all my courses. Okay. I've assigned it to all of them. Okay, excellent. All right, so just remember that uh, to check out wesboss.com forward slash courses and use the code INSPECT to get $10 off. Yeah.